BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey folks, it's Matt Zachary and welcome to Vax On, a weekly segment of my podcast out of patience right here on the Offscript Network. Hey, I'm Alora Nanos. I'm a lawyer, a journalist, a mom of a teenage narcoleptic, and a professional big mouth. Lou and I go back 30 years as best friends, and we're here to have fun and bring you a layperson's guide to what the hell just happened this week in healthcare as America gets its vax on and shows COVID the door. We're here together to learn, complain, and include you in the conversation. So join us on Twitter at VaxOnPod and share your stories and grievances using the hashtag VaxOn. All right, Matt, let's get at it. All right, we're back on VaxOn. Hello, Allura. Hello, Matt. Happy VaxOn Day. What's happening in your world? Um, New York City is getting rid of masks this week. As is New Jersey. And apparently, God bless Eric Adams for holding the union accountable. And it looks like they'll be getting rid of masks in public schools next week. Yeah, here too. It's it's very strange. But to celebrate, I um I got some new lipstick. Ooh, <laughs> people will see my lips again. Um, also, as if in preparation, I I have a toothache, so I'll be getting some new dental work. You are like under endless construction. <laughs> I'm like the BQE. Yes. No, you're you're 287 in Jersey. <laughs> I am under endless, endless construction. construction. I actually really like that way of looking at it. <laughs> like it's not that everything is failing; it's just under construction. <laughs> the scaffolding is always going to be there. I can't take it, but that's okay. Um, you know, here's my question: Do you when do you think they're going to stop with masks in theaters? Is that stopping in New York? I think the vaccination mandates are going to expire with the mask mandates. I'm kind of hoping. I'm not sure that's exactly you the case. You vac- think the vaccination mandates are also going to expire? I think so. Why, why wouldn't they? Makes no sense, right? I don't know. I don't. I mean, making sense is not really the common thread underlying the way these regulations are made, imposed, and lifted. So I, I really don't know. But what I do know. Um, I'm actually all for the vaccine mandate staying in place because it does make things safer. Um, But let me tell you, I cannot stand wearing a mask in a theater. While I absolutely know it makes it safer, I actually just can't stand doing it. I mean, spoiler alert, I went to go see a few movies in Brooklyn and everyone takes the mask off in the theater. In the movies, they they tend to, in, in plays, they really don't. Right. I I saw um the Carol King musical Beautiful in Philly on the uh the touring thing the other day and like everyone was masked with N95 masks and I have tickets to see Rent this weekend then I have tickets to see another show next weekend and it's not comfortable so I just want to know what's happening there. Fun fact, Rent has my favorite lyric of all time. Oh, do tell. Rent rent and rent rent that's your favorite That's lyric. my favorite lyric. Jonathan Larson is a genius, except for that one line. Do you know I've never seen Rent? Wait, you've never been to London. You've never seen Rent. What else haven't you done? 
doesn't Faxon need to send me to these things yes, for, clearly. I don't know, research? Yes, a fact-finding mission to go see rent. A fact-finding mission. Maybe I could start a task force. <laughs> like it. That is always my dream, is to be either a czar, you know, like a like a drug czar or some kind of specialized czar. Czar is a bad or, word these days. We're kind of in a World War Three kind of thing, right? True, but, but only insofar as it's Russian. But, you know, I mean, we still call like people in charge of task force and all kinds of stuff like that. Like we still have like drug czars, don't we? I think so, we should um, cancel the word czar. It's kind of a cool word, though. What is there a Ukrainian equivalent of czar? <laughs> I feel like that would be the thing to do. Are right. you seeing, by the way, are you seeing this stuff all over social media? Like, by the way, here's how you pronounce Kiev. And, and yeah. by the way, like, don't don't drink this vodka, drink this other vodka and don't say this and say that. It's really fascinating um, how, you know, even since since the advent of the Internet and social media, it's kind of like. Now we're so used to as a society when there's a crisis happening, like figuring out how to rally in in these very small ways. I I think it's actually really cool. Well, we're the generation that was the first to watch a war on television, right? With the Gulf War, the live bombings. I mean, Vietnam kind of trickled in in the nightly news. But for our parents. Yeah, the Gulf War. But if you think back to the Gulf War, like we didn't even have so much as a ribbon. Like there was nothing. Right. Like there was nothing to show solidarity, like people understood the name of it. But besides like saying, you know, Desert Shield and Desert Storm, that was like that was it. Like we were saying, like maybe there were some yellow ribbons that but that was the only thing I remember. No, the rally here is different because it's like the whole world versus Russia, except Belarus. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's just very interesting to me. And I sort of appreciate the the world solidarity. It's actually, you know, so similar to what happened in the beginning of COVID that you just saw the whole world coming together. And even though there's not most much of the we whole can world really coming together. Well, most of the whole world, yeah. But I mean, even though we can't do all that much from our homes, I feel like it's a good thing to feel that kind of solidarity with people across the world that we've never met. Like it's you know, it's important. Well, the reason I brought up like our experience in the late early nineties, what I checked when Desert Storm was, but like we're watching like the war on TV, just as the 24 hour news cycle was starting to become a thing. And now we're watching the war on TikTok and this solidarity thing. I'm not a TikTok person, but I'm watching it now because there are actual TikTok people in Ukraine that are live streaming what's yeah. happening. And it's you watch that lady with the sunflowers. The, the <laughs> that, sunflowers. That lady is yeah. a badass. My God. Is, is she not? Like, that's amazing. I, I sort of also really appreciate these kind of little folk heroes that come out of this. Um, I mean, it's terrible that that this is going on, but I, I appreciate that the world is finding these little moments and these little heroes and, um, you know, loving Zelensky and all of that. I think it's I, I think that is a, a nice show of humanity. There's your replacement for Zara. I want to be a Zelensky. Oh, maybe we'll just use that word. It's kind of a cool word. He's going to be that. turned into like the new Xerox. <laughs> can he turn be turned into a verb? I love when they do yes. that. When they're like, Zelensky go Zelensky, go Zelensky yeah. the fuck out of those guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would like that. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, in the spirit of knowing what's happening in the world, uh, I thought it might be, you know, important to check in on what's happening in Ukraine regarding COVID. Oh, because, yeah, that's there too. Yeah, let's keep in mind, they're not just at war. They're at war during a fucking pandemic. Right. Right, like, Hello. I mean, and I'm sure maybe that's happened in the past before somewhere, but I'm not really an expert on historical pandemics. But these poor people are dealing with this war amidst the not only 
the COVID pandemic, but apparently a resurgence of polio. Polio's back. Uh, yeah, I mean, ho- hopefully not back in a big way. That's never okay. Ukraine has a very low vaccination rate. Less than 40% of their population is vaccinated. Yeah, that I guess, I mean, we're talking like not really first world country, right? They're kind of emerging. or they're, But they're... it's not because, no, it's not because the vaccines aren't available. Is it just cultural? Yeah, it's because um, the, a lot of people don't want the vaccine. And I did a little bit of poking around to try to figure out why that's the case. And it looks like a major cause of people being vaccine hesitant is that there is a serious disinformation problem that comes from, guess what? Russia. Russia. So there were targeted efforts to weaken Ukraine by uh, discouraging them from becoming vaccinated. And it looks like, unfortunately, it it worked because their vaccination rates are very low. Right. But I'm looking here. The polio vaccination rates are pretty high, though. Right. Well, the polio vaccine has been around a long, long time. Right. Um, so, I mean, that was sort of, you know, before vaccines became so highly politicized. Right. But you're um, saying that Russia pulled a whammy on Ukraine to sort of weaken their collective national immune systems in advance of invasion. Yeah. I mean, that's I mean, I don't know that it was done. uh you know, with a direct thread toward invading the country. But I think it was just part of this general like, hey, here's a way to weaken a bunch of people. You know, let's just let's make sure as many people are sick as possible. And it worked. And there are a bunch of suckers. I think we can all agree. All the listeners can agree. I doubt we have any people living on this planet listening to the show that are at least pro-Russia war at this point. Or or they're like Russian disinformationalists. Probably not. Right. Um, I mean, you know, again, not the Russian people, but no. Um, yeah, but there's have you seen there's been massive protests? People are going against the government law and rallying and yeah. the Kremlin. It's I'm also reading. I know we're kind of diverting the show on the healthcare thing, but that there are Russian troops entering Ukraine that don't know why they're there. And they're being greeted and saying, hey, welcome to Ukraine. You know, here, call your mom. We have cell service. And by the way, here's what real cable news sounds like outside the country. That's crazy. I mean, if you think about that, that is really crazy. And and it's a real difference between, you know, what happened in in past wars like Vietnam and stuff like, you know, this is a situation that because of constant communication and a 24 hour news cycle, you could have a really different outcome that, you know, you have Russian soldiers being like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing here, you know? Um, So and it's just all it's all crazy. It's not okay that this is happening. And clearly, war on top of COVID with emerging polio, nothing good there. Yeah, no, it's not good. And and just to just to um, wrap up the polio discussion. So, you know, to let you know where we're at, we have two children in Ukraine that have paralytic polio identified. 19 more were infected with polio, but did not become paralyzed from it. That is pretty scary, even though the numbers are not huge. It just is pretty scary. Um, this is a disease that was largely eradicated. So tell me if I'm right about this. My understanding is that polio is a different kind of illness than COVID. So that's why polio was eradicated versus COVID becoming endemic. Is that right? Um, or like the flu? Let me channel like, my inner Louis Pasteur. Was he the guy? Yes, no. When you, when you were a virologist, can you tell me what you did with this? My understanding is that it depends on how much the virus mutates. So that's why the flu is not eradicated, but changes every year. Whereas right. polio is like gone and chickenpox is almost gone like that. 
I'm going to say, yes, my inner virologist is failing me. Okay. Well, I mean, your inner virologist is probably better than my outer virologist. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it wouldn't be a Vaxxon episode if we didn't talk about animals. Yes. Are you going to refer to the 25 turkeys that were on my front lawn today? You know, we were talking before the show listeners and a lot of people who do listen to the show that, that find me or talk to me in any way, shape or form, ask me how your pets in your backyard are doing. (laughs) So strange. I honestly don't know what is happening. And you know, the Seinfeld episode where George is like, we have an agreement with the squirrels are going to run right, (laughs) or with the pigeons, right? Whatever it is. Like, that is the way I feel about these freaking turkeys. Like, don't we have an agreement with them that if I drive my car, they'll run away. But apparently that's not the agreement. And they will stand there and get into a full on standoff with me wondering what is going to happen. Am I going to get a bunch of turkey feathers in the grill of my nice Cadillac SUV and kill a turkey in the meantime? Or am I just going to stop and wait for them to just mosey along on their sweet time? No, they have the new caribou. (laughs) They are the new American caribou. That's who they are. It is the weirdest thing. And they're strangely frightening, the turkeys, honestly. They put up those big freaking round feathers in the back and it's not cute like it is, you know, Thanksgiving time. They're like terrifying. Well, this particular story for this show today is the sadder part of pet ownership. Yeah, we're going to do the Sarah McLaughlin segment. Oh, God. (laughs) God, in the arms of something. I don't know. No, it's terrible. Um, What was the name of that pet store in the Pergament Mall growing up? Petland Discounts for the best care of pets. Yeah. Yes. No, it, this, so you can always count on any time there is some kind of tragedy in, you know, or crisis in the news. You can always wait for like the secondary news cycle to be like, and pets. And this is terrible for pets, like Hurricane Katrina, people dying, but don't forget the pets. And, you know, like every terrible thing, it's always like, and then the pets. And of course, you know, to just bring that all home, we thought we'd give you like a terrible pet story from Ukraine because, you know, you should feel bad for the Ukrainian dogs and cats as well. Why not? I mean, that makes sense. Like, No one wants any of this to happen anyway. But for Christ's sakes, yes, uh, go on with the story. Yeah. So apparently, so there's lots of photos that have popped up around. And I looked at them. They're really heartbreaking of um, people attempting border crossings, you know, in bomb shelters and subway stations. And as they're fleeing, you know, some people have to unfortunately leave their pets behind. But a lot of people are actually bringing their pets. And it sounds like Poland, Romania, and Slovakia are actually allowing Ukrainians to bring the pets across the border without, of course, their veterinary paperwork, which is possibly not a great idea, but, um, you know, health-wise, but I totally get it. You know, these, I mean, it's horrible enough as it is for these poor people to have to be leaving their homes. Um, the thought of leaving their pets behind, I'm sure, is just heartbreaking. Um, I mean, that's kind of what's happening. You have tons of people, you know, those who can are trying to bring their pets with them. But the result is difficult because they're ending up, you know, essentially as refugees and like what happens to these pets and what are they going to do with them? So we thought we would give listeners some ideas about how you from your home could help because everybody kind of wants that in these in these terrible times. Right. So here are three organizations that you can support today. You animals the letter U, Animals, is collecting donations to support animal shelters left with dwindling food and supplies due to the Russian invasion. Happy Paw is a nonprofit that supports shelter animals in Ukraine and promotes the humane treatment of stray animals. And Shelter Ugulok 
U-G-O-L-Y-O-K. That's U-G-O-L-Y-O-K. is an animal rescue and farm sanctuary in Ukraine. They're building up a wartime food reserve for their hundreds of animals, and they're currently facing difficulty, obviously, transporting supplies, so they need your help. That's you animals, Happy Paw, and Shelter Ugulak. I think that's a great way to, to do something that, you know, makes us feel that we can help just in the smallest bit, you know, but um, as my dad always says, money doesn't fix everything, but it often makes you feel better. <laughs> well, <laughs> it doesn't fix the problem, but it can help. So this is a situation I think where funding would help these organizations and, and uh, we thank them and everyone who supports them for their mission helping along the pet situation in Ukraine. Yeah, I've donated to many charities in Ukraine and we encourage all of our listeners to do the same. Yes, absolutely. All right, and back after these messages. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting. But Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Matt, we're back. We are back. It's time for our Sir, Sir moment. moment. Um, so I- I'm gonna I'm gonna make a confession here. I got the results for this week's Sir moment, and it freaked me out. I'm gonna need you to to take me in on this, Matt, okay. because I shall absorb like, I, your freaked outness. Please absorb my freaked outness because do you know what it's about? Tell me, there's another variant. Well, apparently it's a subvariant. First of all, what does that mean? Is that like a subcompact? Are they just fucking with me now? Like, is this the same thing as a variant? They're just like, coming up with a new name for it. Like, I don't understand. Like in the in the Harvard outline, like this is now COVID A little Roman numeral one. Like, who makes these decisions? In subsection B, paragraph two, sentence seven, letter nine. 
Like, what? what is the difference between a variant and a subvariant? Like, is anyone going to tell me this or they're just going to act like I'm supposed to know, like the way I was supposed to know the Greek alphabet? Is it Omicron with like two N's at the end, perhaps? Omicron. I don't know, but it's, oh, but no, and now they have like whole new names, right? And we're back to really sucky names. So like Omicron like was kind of an easy name rolls off the tongue. But now we the original one apparently was actually called the BA1. And now we have B and or B one one five two nine, and now we have B A two. Like, are these people kidding me? Five two nine is my birthday. Maybe that was the lucky variant. Remember when we were all busy getting excited about how we understood that COVID nineteen did not mean the nineteenth COVID, but rather meant that it was discovered in twenty nineteen. In twenty nineteen, yes. Like, is is there going to be some sort of key for me to understand what the fuck this stuff means? <laughs> we need a, we need crayons. Right, I need like the highlights magazine version of like what does this mean and how are we naming. COVID variants. But in the thermal poll, it's calling it the stealth variant. Is that what we're calling this now? That sounds tragically ominous. <laughs> yeah, that's like, that's not making me feel better as we take our masks off. And we asked the doctors, are you concerned about the stealth variant? I'll tell you right now, I'm concerned because this is the first I'm even hearing of it. I'm trying to think of a a, a more morose adjective than stealth. <laughs> Like, unless they called it, like, the Death Star variant. Like, it doesn't get much worse than stealth. <laughs> the Empire, the Czar variant will go that way. <laughs> like, they were like, and now the Vader variant. Yes. Like, the Hitler so, variant. Oh, I went too right, far. Like, too soon? Right, no, too no, soon for Hitler? No. Too soon. You're not allowed to do that. Okay. So, yeah, the stealth variant. Apparently, guess what? 64% of the doctors are concerned about it. That's I think they're happy. supposed to be, though. They're doctors. They err on the side of science being, what's the science? The other 36% are either like, what what variant or, sir, this is a Wendy's. Like, Those are the podiatrists that work at Wendy's, yes. <laughs> we asked them, guess what? This is really terrible. Do you think we should expect to see more variants continue to emerge? And they um, all said yes. They all said yes. 96% of them said yep. Except for the Keep Wendy's, your... the four Wendy's employees <laughs> said no. Right. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Can I take your order? <laughs> oh God, we, uh, Wendy's not a sponsor. Nope. Okay, uh, let's see. How about this one? This one sucks. In your opinion, if you've been infected by the original Omicron variant, so not the original OG COVID, but the original Omicron, which Omer- I can't believe. Which is already- like, no, COVID Classic is 2019, 2020. Right. You got COVID Classic, you got Delta, and you got Omicron. Right. So now they're like, if you had Omicron, could you get Omicron BA2, like the new Omicron? Omicron Stealth. Omicron Stealth, which it's... This is definitely like the way they name sodas. Um, yes. Yeah. And guess what? Yeah. They, they were like, yep. Not, 77% of the doctors said, yeah, you could get Omicron again, which really like I'm not doing this again, Matt. I'm just not. Well, here's a loaded question. This one says, do you believe that Omicron classic <laughs> <I'll say it laughs> that way, has peaked? And they all pretty much all said yes. So Omicron stealth death, Nazi Hitler version, czar version is on the rise. It doesn't help me, though. It doesn't help me that the original Omicron has peaked if now we just have a new one and there's just like unlimited amounts of new Omicrons coming up. <laughs> Again, science is wisdom in the now, and we're always trying to figure out what else don't we know to come to some rational evidence-based conclusions. And being the doctor that I'm not, I'm going to go out there <laughs> and on a limb and say that if it's a subvariant, I'd like to believe that if you're already vaccinated or maybe already had Omicron Classic, you're less likely to have to deal with it, despite it perhaps being, if it happens to be more transmissible, because, I mean, at least here in the States, most people I know, and I know there are always going to be exceptions to the rule, 
Omicron was not nearly as bad in terms of hospitalizations right. for the vaccinated as COVID Classic was in 2020, which was devastating to so many people. So ho- hopefully, like the new software update of Omicron is like even less good. Right? The meta question here that we've been just discussing for the last 15 minutes, they asked the doctors, are you confused by the term <laughs> stealth? <laughs> so yes, this is the best question. Are you are you finding that people are confused that we're calling it stealth because people think that that means it can't be detected by tests, which, oh, my God. The doctors are like, yep, 84% of them said, yeah, people think that it means that it can't be detected on tests, which where is the PR company that named this bullshit variant? Because that is a real problem. You don't want people to think that they can't find it. Well, this goes back to Seinfeld's bit in the 80s. Who were the ad wizards that came up with this? <laughs> yeah, who are the ad wizards that decided to name this variant stealth? It sounds cool, but maybe not so much that this is like the Edsel people were on this. <laughs> the <Edsel> people. Tucker, <laughs> a man of his dream. Good movie with Jeff Bridges. Look it up, kids. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Speaking right. of vaccinations and odd variants and nonsense, Moderna, which was our best friend, is now in shit. No, you know what, though? So Moderna's got to defend a federal lawsuit, which that's what these big companies do. They defend lawsuits. So and you know who wins the lawyers? Um, There was a lawsuit filed just this week by Arbutus Biopharma Corp. Now, I don't know anything about this company other than that they say they have they hold a patent to something that Moderna used to make its covid vaccine. And when I say this something, I'm kind of really simplifying it because what Arbutus Biopharma says is that the technology that Moderna used to deliver the shot, which is called the lipid nanoparticle delivery system. Gesundheit. So, yeah. So, you know, with vaccines, of course, there's the formula of the vaccine. Then there's the delivery system, which can be um, like the needles and stuff. It can also be like chemicals in the vaccine that make the vaccine go through your body. So I think that's what it's talking about. That's the delivery system. Um, but it it, it is often patented. And here this company is saying, hey, we had the patent for the formula that you used to, you know, make the vaccine, uh, you know, in in really simple terms. Moderna, by the way, denies it. They were like, no, we absolutely did not. And the plaintiff company that sued, they, they sued on seven counts of patent infringement. And patent cases are really complicated. Um, if they go to trial, they often settle. Um, there was a similar case against Pfizer. That case settled. Um, and, and I'll say that the president of the plaintiff company here says, we're not looking for an injunction. In other words, we're not asking that the court order Moderna to stop using our stuff. All we want is money. We just want to be paid our fair share. So the bottom line is this doesn't really matter for us. It matters certainly for Moderna and the shareholders of Moderna and Moderna's lawyers. But it's not like Moderna is going to stop making the vaccine because of it. So let me ask you a dumb question. This does not in any way affect the vaccine's efficacy. It doesn't speak anything to it doesn't work. It's a scam. It's perfectly fine. This is all like internal litigation that has nothing to do with the fact that it works. People should get vaccinated if they haven't and all that stuff. That's exactly right. This lawsuit is not even claiming that there's anything wrong with the vaccine. In fact, it's quite the opposite. It's saying that 
this portion of the vaccine is working because of some valuable stuff in it. So and, and you know, just somebody else said we invented it, not, you know, you didn't invent it and it's our thing and you got to pay us for it. But it it is absolutely not one bit even claiming that there's anything wrong with the vaccine. And um, and it is not looking it, it, you know, the fact that the company, the plaintiff company, went out and said, listen, we're not even asking for an injunction because we know that this vaccine is so important to people. Uh, you know, that speaks volumes. So this is kind of something that, you know, we're bringing it up. Hey, you know, it, it is vaccine news. But in terms of whether it really affects us as a society, like not really. Moderna's got plenty of money. They're making plenty of money. They'll deal with this lawsuit. They'll probably settle it. And that'll be the end of that. Yeah, we're talking big money, $17.7 billion in sales in 2021. And nineteen billion alone in twenty twenty two, and it's only March, April. Yeah, what is it? I, I mean, know I look, lost track of time. I'm sure that um, you know every time you see, particularly a pharmaceutical company having a big win with any kind of medication, vaccine, anything like that, it always sparks a zillion lawsuits because there's always somebody saying, "Oh, you you took my stuff, or it was my formula, you didn't do it the right way." So that's very common. What I am a little sort of confused about, and and I'm not a patent lawyer, so it's a little tough for me to kind of figure this out from the pleadings. But what I don't know is what they're exactly they're alleging how it happened that that Moderna would have gotten its patented stuff. And even in Moderna's rush to get this to market, how would they have just like used somebody else's formula? Um, that's more of a question for you know, like a vaccine expert, like what the process is. I don't really know what the answer is there. But um, Moderna denies all of it anyway. They're like, nope, we used our stuff. We used our formulas. Like we did everything right. We, you know, filed all the correct paperwork and all that stuff. So like, leave us alone. So we'll see. So I have a random pop culture reference for this, which I only learned about yesterday. I watched the movie Free Guy with Ryan Reynolds on HBO Max. Oh, yes. I did not see that. It looks uh, fun, though. It's it's a really enjoyable movie, but. The whole premise is very similar to this because like some coders claim that some big gaming company stole their code and they didn't really want to get rid of the game. They just wanted money for stealing the code. So there you go. There's yeah, your analog. It's, it's free guy. It's the, right. For same vaccine thing. It's, companies. It, same thing. Yep. Anything to do with formulas, people could always sue and complain that you stole it from them. Anyway, some really nice eye candy. If you want to just, you know, leave society for two hours on something completely inane, go watch Free Guy. HBO, not a sponsor, but I really like the movie. <laughs> you know what I'm watching? The Anna Delvey story. Are you watching that? I'm not. No. Oh, my God. She's, do you know who she is? Not a clue. She. <laughs> Come again. She was this like random chick who convinced, she was like a con artist that convinced everybody that she was a German heiress. And she like defrauded all of these like socialites in Manhattan a few years ago. It's amazing. So there's a mini series on Netflix about her. Amazing. Anyway. Okay. Um, I got nothing about pet lawsuits or turkeys or pets. Across the board. All right, you can take your lawyer hat off now. <laughs> Taking, and the hat shall remain next to me until next week. Oh, and listeners, next week I will be away on a business trip. Oh my God, Matt's leaving to go to Florida. Oh no, I will hold down the fort. Hold down the fort, but you will be listening to Elura Nanos and her co-host, Andrew McDowell, my co-founder and COO here at Offscript Health. Going to be a great show, and I will report back in two weeks on what it was like to actually get the fuck out of Dodge. Have fun in Florida. Say hi to, uh, you know, my favorite governor. Oh, God. Yeah. Say hi to DeSantis. Don't take any cruises. No cruises, right. No, I'm not ready for the cruises yet. I won't register to be a temp teacher and force masks on kids and get sued. No, definitely don't do that. 
definitely don't do that. But have fun. Soak I will. up some sunshine. Citrus and sunshine. So with that, we wrap up this episode of Vaxxon with fuck Putin. <laughs> fuck Putin, indeed. Have a great week, everybody. All right. Bye-bye. Bye, Matt.